Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Iris broadcasting from the UK. And today we have in our virtual studio, uh, Pastor King James from just outside Canterbury in Kent, UK. And before he comes online with us, I just want to, to put up a heading here on what, what we, I hope we'll be talking about. But, you know, lockdowns may inconvenience us. Thank goodness we've got the virtual studio. Daily news broadcasts may trouble us and various opinions concerning COVID may confuse us. But we can say with Peter, praise be to God or the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you and for me, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times, or in the last time, singular. That's written in 1 Peter verse, uh, verses 3, 4, and 5. It's worth having a read of that and, and staying abreast of the last time or the end time. And get into some end time ministry messages because I think they're really necessary for all of us. And you know what it's like out there, and we're all suffering the same thing at the moment. But in Jude's closing prayer and blessing, he reminds us that as well as the many spiritual and physical circumstances that could come against us, there is one who is able to keep us from stumbling. Peter refers to it as being shielded by God's power. Now, isn't it strange that we can use the word shielded in the Bible? And here we are, our prime minister is telling us to shield ourselves. But I think the Bible had a special different meaning. Unless, of course, Boris Johnson has been reading his Bible, and that would be rather nice to know. So when you seek him in prayer, just be blessed by embracing the practical truth that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly, or exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3 verses 20 through 21. And of course, when you are facing a time of testing, claim the truth that he is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have abundance for every good work. And that is in 2 Corinthians verses, uh, chapter 9, verse 8. His plan for us is to present us faultless before his presence of his glory, but before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Amen. My goodness, we are truly blessed. We praise him, you know, because he's able and he saves and he keeps. And we certainly need this blessing and assurance 
today above all days or this particular time in history. Jude's punchy, practical and truth-filled letter is addressed to all of us and it's written to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in, in Jesus Christ. It's in verse two, the word preserved in Jesus Christ. That introduction alone causes our faith to rise and our hearts to rejoice and our lips to praise. This is not airy-fairy, clap-happy presumption. It is fact-filled truth. In Christ, we are called to be God's own people and by his grace, we are preserved. And I hope that um, Pastor King will be joining us very shortly. For a moment, we'll just hold our breath and hope the recording is holding. Well, good news. I've heard on the phone that uh, Pastor King has picked up our, our Zoom link and we will be getting him in touch with us in a few moments. Hello, hello, hello. We have our Pastor King. He's just landed in the office. How was that landing? <laughs> <laughs> well, as you can see, it's um, a soft landing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sitting on the sofa, he is everybody. <laughs> We've just zoomed <laughs> together. <laughs> Every time soft I landing. just zoomed in, you know, I think about sitting on a, a witch's broomstick sometimes and just charging across the sky. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you call soft landing. That's right. That's right. Do you want to turn your sound up a little bit? Okay, no problem. Um, does that help? No, is it more, any better? Are you loud? Okay, it should be okay. Um, if it would it help if I use earphone, maybe? No, it won't. It will cut the sound. Okay. okay. Okay, don't worry. Don't worry. You know, God is able. Mm. He's able. <laughs> I picked up a scripture earlier on um, from Jude, chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Saviour, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Well, I was just telling our audience earlier when I was doing a pre-run, um, you know, that, that, that Jude was, uh, I, I just find the book of Jude rather sweet and, and nice and lovely, but it's quite powerful as well. Yeah. And that particular letter was, was in, in Jude was addressed to all of us. Mm -hmm. Those who are called sanctified by God, the father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Verse two. But what I found really interesting was the fact it, it sort of couples with lockdown. You know, you get something for everything. And when I got hold of the information, that took some study coming in. Um, I think that was in, in Peter. No, it's in Jude's closing prayer. One is able to keep us from stumbling. Peter, yes, it's Peter who refers to it as being shielded by God's power and I thought that word shielded our prime minister uses shielding <laughs> and it's in already in the bible so why should we jolly well be worried 
about where we are in all of this. It is so comforting, isn't it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Protection is part of um, the the packages that comes with salvation. You know, salvation doesn't just come with. It's not just that God saved our soul from you know eternal damnation. No, salvation is a, 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 a complete package. It's it's yes, it's it's saving us from eternal damnation, transferring us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, turning our, if you like, our family background from earthly just being of the devil to being of God. And but also that then includes um, all these other blessings that comes with the new covenant promise of Jesus gave us. That includes protection because um Thinking of it, what you just said now, the shielding, that comes with, if we look at the old covenant promise that God gave the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, you find out that he said, I will, I will protect you. I will bless you in the field. I will bless you in the city. I will bless you this. You know, I will fight your battles. I will keep you. Um, unfortunately, that blessing, that, com- that covenant, that old covenant comes with a curse. If we are not able to do some certain things, he will, God himself will fight against us. God himself will not protect us. But Jesus came and took on the curse that that we are supposed to, that, that is for those of us who do not, who are not able to maintain the law of God. Um, and what we now have is all blessing that comes through Christ Jesus, which includes protection. God is able to keep us from the pandemic. God is able to keep us from the infirmities, disease. Um, I think the big challenge is whether we believe it genuinely. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's, where the, that's, that's the big question. And um, But even if we do believe it, faith is always tested anyway. God has always had a history of testing faith. If you look at the, the even in the time of Abraham, God knew that Abraham believed him, but he still put him through a test, you know, when he told him to sacrifice his son. And God came to the point where he said to him, now I know. And I'm thinking, what? what God doesn't mean, <laughs> don't you know before that Abraham loves you or, <laughs> or believes in you? But no, faith is always tested. And so I believe this pandemic and this situation and lockdown even sometimes, or even the idea of taking vaccines and things like that, sometimes our faith is constantly being tested. Um, And we need to stand on what we believe uh, and that which we believe is the word of God, that God is able to keep us. Yeah. I mean, because the Bible talks about diseases and pestilence, doesn't it? Absolutely. In that time now, really. Yeah, and he said he will not. This, this, there are scriptures that promise us clearly he will not come near you in the book of Psalms um, 91. Um, that you can only hear about these things, he will not come near you. Um, now, does that mean Christians sometimes don't go through infirmities? Are there, are there Christians who have fallen um, sick of COVID? Yes, are there Christians who have poss- possibly lost their lives during have died out of COVID? Yes. Um, but that doesn't change the word of God. You know, sometimes we try to explain God through our experience, you know, and that's an issue. 
Um, I had a friend yesterday spoke to me about a book he bought and he was trying to share with a, with some people, but he read an, an aspect of that book and he thought, mm, hold on, let me just call my pastor and check before I go and share this book. Now, the reason why he called me was that because that person, even though he liked, he likes the author, but there is an aspect where the author started saying that God puts sickness on us in order to teach us things. And that that was a bit of a, a bit of a that was the author wrote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but guess why the author was writing that? Personal experience. Ah, uh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the author wrote his personal experience and you try to interpret God based on his personal experience. And that's a no-no in my, in my book. We should never try to interpret God through our personal experience. We should always interpret God or define God um, through his, the word of God. The word of God and God cannot be separated. Jesus, told, um, the book of John tells us that, that God, the word was with God and the word was God himself. So the word of God is enough for us to, to find out God. Does that mean God cannot do things sometimes outside the scriptures that we don't know yet? Yes, he would. But we should never use our personal experience to define God. Why am I saying all of this? I said that to say, in this situation of pandemic, in this situation of COVID and issues that are going on around us, sometimes political issues and all of that, we shouldn't try to use our experience to say, this is God. This is exactly what God does. No, we could say, uh, we can say that as long as that thing is in line with the scriptures. Yes. Yeah. If it's not in line with the, if it's not in line with the scriptures, just leave it at, this is my experience. This is what I believe. And fine, you're entitled to that belief. You're entitled to that experience, but you cannot create an image of God that does not exist in his word. Yeah, very much yeah. so. I mean, but you've got a personal testimony, haven't you, on healing as well, quite recently? Oh yeah, actually, just that happened to me. On uh, I, I, I've always had this. Um, the I had a. I love to play football quite a lot. Um, and 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 don't get me wrong, audience, those who are listening to me, I'm not that super fit guy, by the way. But <laughs> well, he looks okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very big muscles. <laughs> yeah, very big muscle and one big back stomach. So, um, <laughs> oh, that's down to COVID, though. No exercise. <laughs> it would have been lovely if it's six pack, but no, I've got one pack. <laughs> anyway, uh, and due to playing football, I I tore my um, meniscus. T uh, uh, I tore my meniscus on the left knee. At some time last year or begin or uh, ending of two, 2019, and then I had a surgery on that. When I had a surgery on that, it took about two, three weeks, even before I could move around. I was on crutches, massive yeah. cast and everything. Um, but so that uh, I went through all of that. Then last year, I tore my right meniscus tear. Uh, so, so I had a meniscus tear as well on the right leg, on the right knee. And so I was scheduled for surgery and it took a long time. And you know, cut long story short, I had the surgery on the 25th of January. So just a few, just about a month ago. And, um, and this to me is a miracle here because I just finished having the surgery. On the same day I had the surgery, I remember the doctor saying to me, 
Uh, here's some medications. You know, they give you this codiamol or something. Codiamol, like yeah, codi, yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, saved by uh, um, very uh, powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the anyway, yeah. So it's powerful painkiller. I need those painkillers, or else I'm gonna be in pain and all of that. To be honest with you, that painkiller is still lying in my cupboard because I didn't even take any of it. Um, I came out of that hospital, walked out of it my, with my two legs. From that day onwards, I walked everywhere. I never really took any painkiller, was never in pain at all. So for me, that's a miracle, um, you know, to, to have had two weeks, the first time I did the surgery, two weeks of not moving anywhere, and then the second one I did it. From that same day I did the surgery, I started moving everywhere. So for me, that's just a miracle. And I really thank God for that. Yeah, the same thing happened with Jeff when he, he had two, two knee re replacements. One, mm. um, two, we've been here in this new house for two years. Okay. So the day after we moved in two years ago, he was in hospital having his second knee replacement. So that was exactly a year from the first one. And we just prayed on the first one. The first one, he had all sorts of things went wrong. You know, the, the scarf got infection in it and things. Um, but he, he recovered pretty quickly. Um, mm. But on the, on the second one, we, didn't, we weren't going to have any of it. And he did exactly the same as you. I think mm. we might, he might have told you about it last time you'd meet you when you met. But, and he didn't have all the morphine and everything. Whatever they pumped him with while he was still under anaesthetic was the final thing. Yeah. And um, he's been the same ever since. And he was yeah. back climbing stairs with mm. a whole new knee replacement, this stainless steel thing. I mean, it weighs so much. Mm. When they put the ladies one, they, they, you have to go to classes, but mm. you have to take your spouse with you so they understand. Wow. When they drop this lady's one into my hand, they hold their two hands underneath and, and you're going to drop it. It's so heavy. Wow. wow. So, and he's able to get around on that. So, wow. Yes, I, I believe your testimony. We have one likewise. Amen. Amen. And, and, and that's maybe for those of us who are, those of our audience who are, who are listening, do you still believe in miracles? The question for you, for our listeners, do you still believe in miracles or? Have you talked yourself out of it? Have you begin to, have you got to the place where you say, well, you know, miracles ended in the time of the apostles and, uh, and which to me is a question of faith. Again, do we believe that God is who he says he is and his word is true? Um, and he says, we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We can raise the dead. We could heal the sick. We can cast out demon. Or do we just believe in the God that just saved us so that we can go to heaven and that's all that he's well, that's God. amazing, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. amazing. And it does work. It's a positive attitude on the word of God. And not, don't anybody steal that away from you. Amen. Absolutely. But why should they anyway? The whole essence of faith is that. That's right. Because the, Jesus, when he was talking in the book of... Um, uh, Jesus, when he was talking in the book of uh, Matthew and Mark as well, he said, this sign shall follow them who believe. It was, didn't, it's almost like, it's like saying, um, it's like saying, this is what children will do once they enter class one. Year one in their classes, this is what they're going to do. That's, a, that's how I see that scripture. 
Yeah. yeah. The time was followed those who believe. In my name, they will cast a demon. He didn't say how old they will have to be in the Lord before they cast a demon. He didn't say how um, they should be 10 years or they have to become pastors or they have to become bishop. No, he says anyone who believes, anyone who believes. So I, it's like saying to the children, once you, once you start class one, you're going to learn how to fly plane. <laughs> you're going to become expert yeah, in flying plane. Yeah. <laughs> but the question is, do we believe his word? Are those words of God really final authority for us? Is it something we just read and it's all nice and we just, you know, um, say it, we sometimes quote it in the scriptures, but when we are when the push comes to shove, you know, when we when the tires hit the road and when the robbers hit the road, what do we actually believe? And the pandemic and those kind of situations have presented us to that place where the robber is actually not hitting the road. But guess what? Not so many of us have stood our, uh, our ground and said, you know what? I believe. I believe Absolutely. that Jesus is my protection. Yeah. I believe that Jesus is my healer. Though I am sick right now, though my body is feeling all this COVID, God is still faithful. God is still able to heal and to protect us. You know, and all, are we just going to judge God by experience? Oh, well, I've always thought God is, can heal. But now that I have fallen sick, I'm not sure anymore. No, you've just judged God by your experience, not by his word. Yeah, and I think people get lazy as well, don't they? They get lazy and giving because they don't feel very well and tired. And yes, you know this thing. I'm actually saying what we're saying here is actually very deep and very big, because it's so easy for all people to just to just think of it as oh well, you know, we've had it, we've had this, or we've always had this. I'm talking what we're talking about here. You, yes, you might be right to say it's laziness and all of that, but I I, I don't know. If I would just label it laziness, I just I I feel it's the test of faith. I will call it the trial of faith and the test of faith. And I'm saying the trial and ten, test of faith, it's part of the journey, our work with God. It is actually part of it. Yeah. How do we know that? Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross, carry a cross, take up your cup, carry a cross, and follow me. What is that? What is that? What does that? What's the picture of cross for us? Does it mean was Jesus referring that we should go to the cross again and die? You know, be crucified like he was crucified? No, no. He wants us to let go of everything and trust him. How do I know that? Jesus said to the rich young ruler. Who's came to him and said, I've obeyed this commandment. I've obeyed that commandment. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. Just as the Bible said Jesus saw him, looked at him and loved him. But this followed it with that statement of being his disciple. He says, now go get rid of everything that you have. Yeah. Follow. Yeah. Was that an issue of just getting rid of? Was Jesus just looking for the man to just become poor? No. What he wants is that he wants that absolute trust that Jesus is all, Jesus is my provider. And that is a test of faith. So what do I, why, how can I link this to what we're talking about? When I am struggling in any situation in my life, when I'm struggling with sickness, when I'm struggling with pain, 
when I'm struggling with marital challenges, when I'm struggling, my husband seems not to be changing and I've been praying for years and years. That is a test of your faith. And if you're listening to me right now, God is speaking to you, whoever that person is, that you're, you've been praying for your husband, but that alcohol issue seems not to be going. He actually seems to be getting more drunk and he seems to be actually becoming more violent. God is speaking to you right now. Don't judge God by your experience. Yeah. Trust his word. Though your experience might not look at, might not be a, might not reflect what you believe right now, do not cast off restraint. Do not cast off your hope. Bible talks about the Abraham. It says that Abraham hoped against hope, even though God promised him that he was going to have a child. But guess what? It the, he was getting older and older and older and older and older and older. It seems like it's not going to happen, but Abraham became a father of faith for what, what reason? Because he didn't give up his hope. He kept on believing that he would still be the father of many nations, even though he hasn't been able to have one child. So I want to encourage anyone who's watching this or listening to this to that your faith is going to be tested. Our circumstance, the world around us is just, we are in a world that is designed to test our faith. Okay, and, and especially in this season that we are in here in UK, our faith is being tested on a regular basis if you're a child of God. Do not judge God or try to define God by your experience. Rather, define God by his word and stay with his word. It will, in due course, you will reap the reward of your faith. That is very, very true. Um, you know, we were talking, you were just saying there about children, and the one thing about children, we, we've got someone in the Joshua generation who, who has an orphanage and he teaches mm. and schools the children, etc. And from a very young age, they are casting out demons and they are getting people healed Amen. because children are able to absorb what you teach them totally mm. because they, you're, they, you're the only person in contact with them and therefore you're feeding them and they're mm. absorbing because they're not going to hear it from anywhere else. Yes. If we become more childlike, I can understand what God mm. was saying now. Mm. If we become more childlike, we will absorb what God needs us to absorb. And that's why Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is for people like this. Mm. The people, like, when he says, let the little children, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Why? Because the kingdom belongs to so people like this. Why? Because of what was he referring to? Was he referring to just their age? No, he was referring to their heart, pure in heart. Yeah. And it's the same thing he mentioned in the, in, the, in the Beatitudes, where he says, blessed are those who are pure in heart yeah. and who are poor in spirit as well. Those who are hungry. That's what he means by poor yes. in spirit. And pure. Pure and poor at the same time is a picture of childlike hearts. They're genuinely pure. Now, does it mean kids don't make mistakes? They do make mistakes, but not with the intent to harm and to kill and to hurt people. Um, rather, they do it because they're being silly. And when they're corrected, you find you could get a child, smack him, and then two minutes later, they're back again to. I use the word smack because don't get offended anyone. I mean, you discipline a child rather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and two minutes later, they're back being your friend. They forget that they've said 
about two minutes ago. I'm not your friend anymore. You know, I hate you. <laughs> I like the way you just did that. You look just like a little boy then. I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> because I, that's how they say it. So you're not my best friend anymore. <laughs> they suck and suck. Then 30 minutes later, they forget all of that. That's pure in heart. But God, God wants us to be that way with him. And imagine, what does that mean? How do we apply that to what we've been talking about? Sorry about that. Just my alarm is just built in here. <laughs> Lots of meetings. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, how do we apply that to what we've just talked talking about? Again, I go back again. It might sound like I'm, I'm beginning to sound like a broken record. If I am a bit disappointed that God is not answering my prayer, yeah, I'm like that child whose dad is just been disciplined right now, or mom has just been disciplined. Because I've just asked God, you know what? And I want you to just give me a husband. I really want you to give me a husband. And guess what? Husband haven't turned up. And I'm now maybe age 32 and going to 35 and I'm a woman or a man heading to age 40. And I'm beginning to feel like, it's like God doesn't love me anymore. It's like his word. So I'm like beginning to suck like that child. You, know, you, see, you see that that's what we do. But what God wants us to then do and carry on doing is to be also like child that will suck, but at the same time will come back and still play with the father and forget that he sucked 30 minutes ago. How yeah, yeah. not hold it, it against God. Thank you. Yeah. Is there, is there a scriptural background for this? Absolutely. If you read the whole of Psalms, David is an, a perfect example for this. David will suck one minute, and another minute he's thanking God. David will say, oh, my soul, why are you downcasted? Well, God, will he not answer my prayer? Would you just watch my enemies you know, come and take over me and do this and do that? And halfway saying all of that, he will switch to, but I thank you because you are such a wonderful God. Because, you know, where can I run to if I don't run to you? <laughs> it's like that child heart that David has. I believe that's why God said, this is a man after my own heart. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, do you think God gets like that then a bit up and down? I mean, he must do dealing with us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, and I believe, thank God for this lovely conversation we're having. I believe this is why the, he's made a way for us through Christ Jesus. He's not getting up in arms and angry clearly with us for doing that. Bible says that he understands our weaknesses. The book of Hebrew tells us that Jesus, our high priest, Christ Jesus, actually this yeah, we've been on the book of Hebrew as, uh, here at Favor House Church um, that I lead. We've been going through the book of Hebrew from January. We'll finish in Easter. Easter, yes. Yeah. Um, Bible talks about Jesus, our high priest. And he tells us that our high priest, what makes him special is that this our high priest is not the high priest that doesn't know our weaknesses. He has been tested in every way. So he has taken our sins, he has taken our sorrows, he's been tempted like we are been, we have been tempted. So God knows that, and he has covered all of this, our ups and downs in Christ Jesus. If we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, he now starts saying to us, now, because you have this great crowd of witness, 
that, that is watching over us. Let's keep our eyes on who? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him has despised the shame, endured the cross, and then he starts talking about discipline and who suffered discipline, but guess what? He didn't give up. So let's not give up. So strengthen that your uh, feeble arms and uh, tired knee and just look to Jesus and keep walking. So I believe that God doesn't get angry with us for being sometimes up and down like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Um, but there is an area where I believe God will not be that great, that really happy with us. And that is the area where the scripture talks about, which Jesus also was not happy with the disciples. And that is lack of faith. Mm. And many times he says, oh, ye of little faith. Yeah. Oh, ye of little faith. Even to the point one time he says, you corrupt and evil generation how long would i be with you what is like why is it that you cannot trust me why can't you just believe me believe my word and and and, and pastor i promise you this is the same issue that's still plaguing the church to date and when i say the church i'm not talking about an organization called church i'm talking about you me all of us the church of god the every believer yeah, this, is same, this is the same thing the devil is attacking. This is the same thing that the enemy is constantly fighting against because he knows that the scripture tells us in the book of John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, that the victory we have over the world is our faith. The Bible says, what is it that overcomes the world? It is our faith. So the devil is constantly fighting our faith because if we cannot trust God, if we can begin to doubt his word, we'll eventually give up. We will eventually give up. But anyone who holds on to their faith and do not give up in God's word, do not give up on, on God, will always be victorious. And that is a guaranteed statement. Yeah. We'll always be victorious here on earth and also in the life to come. And I believe this is something I want to encourage people today. Don't be fooled to think that the devil is fighting for your health. That's not, oh, the, golly, that's, no. <laughs> that's not what the devil is concerned about. The devil is not concerned about your money. It's not what it's concerned about. It's not concerned about your fame and fortune and your status as a great woman of God, a great man of God. It doesn't, that's not the main thing. It might be attacking those things, but that's not the real thing he's going after. What he is really going after is your faith, whether you're going to give up on God. Um, and we know that because that's exactly what he did with Job. Yeah. He, attacked, he attacked everything that Job had. But one thing that Job did not lose was his faith. That's and right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, and he lost everything, didn't he? His family as well. He lost wealth. <laughs> he, lost, he lost his wealth in one day lost all his children, 10 of them in one day, wife left, marriage gone, um, status. How would you have any status or fame when you have got boils and all over you? Yeah. Health gone because he was completely sick and cannot move, cannot even do anything anymore. He lost everything, but he held on to his faith. Yeah. And anyone who's listening to me right now, if you would hold on to your faith, 
even if you lose your marriage, I'm not saying you should go and lose your marriage. I'm saying even if you're in a situation, you're watch, listening to me right now, and you're at that place where you feel like you're, this marriage is about to break up and I don't know what I'm going to do and, da, 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 and all those things, just hold on to your faith. Hold on to your faith. The end of your marriage is not the end of your faith. The end of your, maybe that physical battle you're fighting health-wise is not the end of your faith. The end of that job that you're holding on to is not the end of your faith. Or the end of that achievement maybe that you thought you achieved, but now you are about to lose everything. Or that church you thought you you started, but the, the trustees have gathered up together right now and are about to push you away. The end of that church is not the end of your faith. Why? Faith is based on the word of God. And guess what? Jesus said it. Every word of God will come to pass forever. Oh God, your word is settled in heaven. Anyone whose faith is in the word of God is anchored, their faith is anchored in something that can never be shaken. That's true. That's true. But don't put your faith in anything that can be shaken. Health can be shaken. Um, Wealth can be shaken. Um, mar- marriage can be shaken. There's no marriage in heaven anyway. Uh, <laughs> anything here on earth can be shaken, but the word of God won't. So I want to encourage people today, don't give up your faith in Christ Jesus, especially on his word. That's right. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And I, I suppose um, one one thing that I learned my faith is strong but you know the lord told me one day because i was saying lord will you do something i, I was married to an alcoholic wow. and he, he he died eventually oh. but you know my, my heart was so my emotional seat was so wrapped up mm. in, this, in this union and mm. god said to me get out of the way you're my stumbling block wow and and i thought and I literally sat back when I heard that in my spirit. And I thought, but I'm fighting for him. <laughs> mm. Get out of the way. He said, mm. you're my stumbling block so I can reach him. Wow. It, and and know, I did that. And it was know, hard. Of course. You know, you just share. I love that authentic story you're just sharing. This is a life story you're sharing. And thanks for being that authentic with, with us here. Um, this is... We're not saying this is easy. You know, the gospel that says that this kind of cross that we're going to pick up is not going to be easy, that it's going to be so easy. No, don't misunderstand me. Even though Jesus did say, promise us that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Absolutely. The yoke that Christ gives on us is easy and his burden is light. The cross that we have to take up is not easy. That's right. <laughs> Remember, Jesus didn't say, take the cross which I have given you. No, yeah. he says, take up your own cross. Exactly, your- that's the point God was making. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's your own cross. This is your own issue. This is the issue that we have here on earth. Yeah. It's not what God is putting on us. And that's why I don't agree with that author in that book that said uh, God puts this sickness on us. No, it is what we are struggling here on earth. Okay, when we take on some of these things, it's not easy, but he is there to make it easy for us. And we can trust him and hold on to him. 
And I thank you for sharing that because I know sometimes we want to solve problems and we want to do it in our strength. And the more we're trying to do it, the more we are in the way rather than step out of the way and go into rest so that God can do what he wants to do through us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I was there helping. I was doing you know, the work, the word, the work, the word. <laughs> <laughs> the direction oh, I, oh I, I can share so many stories not once not twice there are things that god has even said to me that's one the things in the past even things coming up in my future that i just heard the word from god saying to me you know that thing i told you about i said yes he says don't do anything about it don't do anything about it and now god knows that already my mind was beginning to kick in okay so God, you said, I'm going to be doing this next year. So this is what I need to do. Maybe I need to start writing this person. I need to write the other person. I need to do this. I need to do that. And God said to me, mm, don't do anything about that. I will make it happen. Do you know, when I'm talking about the word of God, I'm not just talking about the physical Bible that we have. That word that God gave me is the word of God that I need to believe. And I need to put my faith in. Jesus said, not but." Uh, we, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. What is he referring to? He's also referring to both the written word, which we call Logos, and the rhema, which the, you know, the, the word that God is speaking to us on a day-to-day -day basis through by the Holy Spirit is also the word of God. So when God said to me, don't do anything about that thing I've told you, I will do it. That is something I need to go and write down. So that anytime my heart is beginning to panic, or oh, should I, should I, should I? I say, no, no, God said, don't do anything. And that action of reminding myself, God said, don't do anything in this situation is how I honor God. Bible says, no one can come, please God except by faith. Yeah. And my faith in that word of resting in that particular situation is how I honor God. Now, someone might say, oh, does that mean whenever God says anything to us, we don't do anything? No. You know what? <laughs> Maybe someone listening to me, your own word could be go. <laughs> your own word could be write that email. <laughs> so you better go and write that email. <laughs> Mine was don't do anything. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not giving you a box standard of how to, to listen. You know, when it comes to Rhema, you, we hear God and God speaks to us in a, uh, uniquely That's because right. you know where we, right. are, where we are. Yeah. Um, but at least whatever God says to you uh, with Rhema has to be in line with what he must have said to people in the past through the scriptures. That's right. So thank you so much for sharing that story um, because it is, it, it just reveals sometimes that we get in the way. Um, and we don't know that lack out when we get in the way, we think we're doing faith, but what we're doing is actually anti-faith because that's not what God wants. Right. Faith is only based on the word of God, which means what God wants or the will of yeah. God, if you like. Yeah. And when we step back, God opens every door. And they, they don't open when we expect them either, but when they open, you suddenly realize, because this happened with me, mm. suddenly realize, but I, this is what I wanted. But mm. look what you've done with it. It's been so tremendously bigger mm. and better than, mm. you know, God once told me through prophecy, 
Mm-hmm. First of all, he gave me a prophecy himself, Rhema, on the mm-hmm. 777. And my friend said, oh, that's that's the churches. You've got to take it to the nations. Mm-hmm. I said, well, God hasn't chosen me for that because I don't fly. Kind <laughs> um, of long story short. Oh, and, and that was about 35 years ago. Well, when we come back here to Devon, I knew God from Devon to Kent. I knew God had brought us back for a reason because I didn't want to come back to where I'd left. I didn't like where we had left. And yet, you know, the the overall of that was that God then started to open all the doors, one after the other, starting before the radio. But the radio was part of that, that came out of that in that same year. And and it just opened one door after the other. And now... Let me tell you this bit, King, because somebody is the prophecies I had were three others separately from people that didn't know me and one from a person who did, mm. who lived across the other side of the world in, in the UK. And um, God would bring the nations to me. Amen. And that is exactly what's happened. There are 25,000, maybe 30,000 in the Joshua generation and mm. from all these different nations. Mm. And I said, my goodness, <laughs> but it rang in my, it re- resounded with me. What Amen. Was doing. That's uh, powerful. Yeah, That's you get more than you even, you know, if you try and do it on your own, you just get it, the full picture later. Maybe it's just that we don't have enough time for today because of other meetings we both have. Um, but when next we come, it'd be a good thing to mention because you said something and you said it quickly but people need to understand that sometimes when God speaks to us, it's not for public audience. That's right. Because yeah. you just think what God told you and someone say, oh, the nations need to hear it. And you say, mm, I'm not sure that's what God is telling me to go and do. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm pastor, many pastors have lost their way. Many, many ministers have made mistakes and many Christians have made mistakes by sharing everything that God tells them. That's right. Because they, we, in this age of the prophetic age, where we feel like I need to tell people that God told me this, uh, that God told me this, and God told me that. I always say to people, did he tell you to tell us? <laughs> That's right. I, I'm, yeah. never, I'm never doubting whether God said that to you. Yeah. Never, never, uh, never. Yeah. You should question people's relationship with God. But I can question whether that word is for us. Yeah. That's, I can question why. Scripture tells us that because scripture said, test all prophecy. Um, Yeah. So when people then say, oh, God said this and God said that, I said, did he tell you to tell us? Because I, God says so many things to me about the United Kingdom, about many things. And I know it's not for me to share. Yeah. I only come out and share and prophesy if God is very specific that this is for the church. Yeah, I agree with that. Even the church I lead, I don't tell them everything God says to me. Because God is relating with us uniquely as a friend, as a father to relate with their children. We're running out of time, but I felt the need that would be nice to read that scripture again, that um, to read this scripture that you started with, because I think it's a good scripture to end with. That book of Jude chapter one, verse 24. Um, as we end our recording, I think I'm getting distracted by now. <laughs> Time to go, family's home. Okay. Okay, so let's, for our audience, the Bible says in the book of Jude chapter 1, where Pastor Iris read in the beginning, and we're going to end with that. In verse 24, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling. You know, if you hear that, you should be saying amen. Oh, well, even the dogs are barking. The dogs, 
I'm getting an amen from the dog here. <laughs> now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence with single, without a single fault. Yeah. Without a single fault. I want to encourage everyone listening to us. We want to encourage you listening to us. You have nothing to be afraid of. God is able to keep you from falling away. What does he mean from falling away? From losing your faith completely. From becoming an apostate. God is able to keep you. And he will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. How is that possible? If you will keep your faith in Christ Jesus you will be without a single fault. So I wanna encourage everyone as we come close to this um, recording. Over to you, Pastor. Wow, that was some recording. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that it's touched a lot of people out there. It's been really good to have you with us, King, and I know you've got another appointment, so we're gonna let you go. I could keep you here all day because you've got a lot of <laughs> wisdom in there. And Thank you're only you. a young man, my goodness. You're, 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 you're less than half my age. My, I, do you know I reached my 80th birthday last November? Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm learning from you. That's what that means. <laughs> oh, but, but no, you have learned so much from We're learning from each other. God has gifted well, yeah, all of us. God has gifted all of us with so much wisdom. Christ is our wisdom. Amen. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's no, no one have a storage of wisdom better than the other person. No, it's the Holy Spirit that gives the wisdom and knowledge as he wills. So he's just decided to give whatever he could give us for this recording. That's and right. if, we're, if we're humble enough next meeting, he will give more. Yes, yeah. he will. And that's where we're <laughs> going to end it right now. Thank you so Bye-bye so to everybody. We will be back. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone. Perfect timing. About to jump on this call. I don't know what happened there. That should have gone off. <laughs>